What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today we've got a fire episode talking about a topic that is super important, breaking down why we self-sabotage ourselves and how the hell do we fix it. This is something that I'm sure a lot of you can resonate with. I know this is something that I struggled with for the longest time and still do to a certain extent, but definitely a topic that you want to listen to. Before I get into the episode, I've got two announcements for you. The first is that the Fat Loss Freedom Workshop is still available. We decided because the response, because the feedback was so incredible from when we launched the first time that we decided to keep it open and for the entire month of January at only $27. So this is going to be the most sustainable way for you to lose fat, to keep it off, to not have to restrict yourself or deprive yourself. Like honestly, if you are thinking about joining any sort of a challenge or 30-day fix or detox, I implore you, let's do it the right way. Join the Fat Loss Freedom Workshop. It's literally $27 that will change the way you think about nutrition and it will allow you to get results that actually last versus continuing to go on this cycle of restrict and then bounce back and then jump to the next thing. Like, Let's actually work towards a lifelong solution versus a quick fix. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two is that our rates for one-on-one coaching are going up effective January 1st. I'm not sure when you are listening to this podcast, but if you hear this episode, just DM me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Tell me that you listened to this episode. So you actually have to reference this episode on self-sabotage and I will honor our current rates for coaching if we decide that it is the right fit. So just hit me up, DM me, say, hey, I listened to this episode on self-sabotage. I'm interested in coaching. We'll jump on a quick call, see if it's the right fit for both sides. And if it is, I will still honor the current rates. So those are my announcements for you. We can get into the episode and please let me know your thoughts. As always, it means the world to me when you share the podcast and help spread the word. So if you can, Take a screenshot, post it to your stories, and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and enjoy the episode. All right, what's going on, everybody? Today, we are talking about an important topic, which is something we can all relate to, that uh, is the topic of self-sabotage. And I knew that this was a topic that would resonate. I mean, I wasn't sure how much, but I had a sense that a lot of people would be feeling kind of along the lines of the way that I have felt for, gosh, like 10 years. When it comes to self-sabotage, it is frustrating, sometimes confusing. I put out a post uh, maybe about a week ago about self-sabotage, and it was probably the most engagement, like not just the post. I, I wrote an email and a post and got a ton of comments, a ton of replies to the email being like, oh my God, yes, this is me. Why do I do this? I don't understand why I'm constantly in this pattern of taking one step forward and then two steps back. And it is frustrating, right? Like it sucks when you're doing really well with something and then all of a sudden you sabotage your own efforts and you're not even really sure why. Like 
I'm on point with my nutrition. I'm doing so well. I'm losing weight. I feel great. And then all of a sudden I do something to just, you know, sabotage myself. I go off on a bender. I, you know, drink a bunch. I eat a bunch of food that I don't want to eat. And you're like consciously aware of the actions and you know that you're not going to be happy after the actions, but you still go through with it. I'm pretty sure we've all been there. So if you can't resonate, that's a good thing. If this sounds foreign to you, that is a good thing. Uh, That means that you are not sabotaging your efforts, which is awesome. That's the place that we all want to get to, which is, you know, not sabotaging ourselves. So first in this training, I'm going to cover how self-sabotage shows up, the most common ways that it kind of manifests itself, why we do it. And then we're going to talk about how to overcome it. So I'm just going to go through the most common reasons, top six reasons that we self-sabotage and then what they all mean and kind of the root cause of those six reasons. And then we will get to how to do something about it. So when it comes to self-sabotage, before we even talk about that, there is a difference between true self-sabotage and other issues like emotional eating or some kind of trauma that happened. So let's not confuse the two because there are certain things that may require, you know, like, like therapy or professional help. Um, if you went through a traumatic event or if you're somebody who struggles with like an eating disorder or some kind of serious emotional eating, uh, sometimes it can even be habitual. Like you are just so in the habit of doing something that you may think that it's sabotage, but it's really just a behavior pattern, a habit that has been ingrained over a long period of time. That's not really what we're talking about when we say self-sabotage. So just be sure to understand the difference. Uh, If you are doing something and you're working towards a goal and you know that the action you're about to take is going to sabotage your results and yet you do it anyway, that's more along the lines of what we're talking about. And it's not coming from a place of, you know, emotional trauma. So there can be a little bit of a gray area, but I just want to make sure that I'm not overstepping when I'm talking about something like this, because, um, you know, something that would require professional help is out of my scope. So I just want to be clear that we're talking about more along the lines of self-sabotage than we are, you know, uh, disordered eating or some kind of like traumatic experience. Having said that, we're going to go through the, first, the, the sixth most common reasons why you self-sabotage. So starting with number one, which is this thing that we call cognitive dissonance. And basically what cognitive dissonance is, is it's when our thoughts and our actions don't align. There's this tension in our brain. Our brain likes congruency. Our brain likes us to be consistent and predictable. So if we think and believe one thing, but we do something else, that causes tension in our brain. It causes stress. It actually stresses our system when we have when we operate from a place of cognitive dissonance, which is why we will do things to realign our thoughts and our actions, even if it means we're doing something that sabotages our results. So if you believe in your thoughts that you are unworthy, 
that you don't deserve to be successful, that you don't deserve happiness, but then you start making progress and your actions are that of somebody who does deserve those things. Well, now there's, there's cognitive dissonance. Your brain's like, hold up, something is not right. We are not in alignment because I believe this thing, but I'm doing this thing. And it's a stress. It's an actual stress on the system. Uh, this is oftentimes why people will go to great lengths to take action that supports a belief, even if the belief has been disproven. Uh, oftentimes we act in a way that sometimes seems illogical or irrational, but many times it's really just to cure this cognitive dissonance, this, this stress on our brain, because again, our brains like congruency and predictability and they want us to act in alignment. So really it's about how can we get rid of this, this uh, thought slash thought versus action incongruency. So the example would be, I don't believe that I'm worthy of success or happiness, but then I start making progress and I start acting in a way that would suggest that I should be successful and happy. Let's say that I don't believe that I can, you know, uh, deserve to be fit and healthy, but then I start eating well and exercising and making progress. Well, now my thoughts and actions are not in alignment. So our brains will basically say, you know, Hey, this is not, this is not incongruent. This is, incongruent. This is not in alignment and you will end up sabotaging your efforts until you fix that belief, until you hold the belief. This is why it's such a powerful exercise to identify as the person you want to become. There was a really cool study that was done with people who were trying to stop smoking. And the people that communicated in a way that said, I'm trying to quit smoking, they still held the belief that they were a smoker. So they're not, so by trying to quit and not smoking, their actions and their, and their beliefs did not align. So they were not successful with quitting. The people that told themselves, I'm not a smoker and identified as somebody who doesn't smoke, they were more successful in quitting because their, their beliefs and their actions were congruent. They were in alignment. They got rid of the cognitive dissonance, and we're able to ease that pain by acting in alignment. So it's a, a huge, uh, really powerful tool to understand that we're actually stressing the system when we have this level of cognitive dissonance. So number two, this sense of control. And you know, it, it's funny because sometimes we feel control over the situation when we can keep a, a grasp on our excuses. So what that means is that if I'm more in control of my failures, then I don't have to worry about being caught off guard, right? So like I can, I can take any excuse and I can hold on to that and I can feel this sense of control. Like let's just use time because time is something that we all wish we had more of. So I can use the excuse of not having enough time. And now I can hold on to that and feel like there's this sense of control. Like I can't do this thing because of this reason. And I'm in control of that. And that's why I can't be successful. And that way I don't have to get caught off guard with something, you know, out of left field that I don't have control over. So it's like, it's this false sense of control. So then we, we sabotage ourselves because if we were to let go of that excuse and really put ourselves into 
like all in on making a change and committing to the process, but then something unexpected happens. Like we, we it's, it's that fear. We, we no longer have that control. We no longer have that excuse that we're holding on to. So all of a sudden it's like, I'm lost. I'm in this abyss because I can't, I can't hold on to this excuse that I've been gripping onto for so long. Um, it's, it's the person who, you know, use, using the time example, does nothing to change their schedule, does nothing to rearrange things, does nothing to prioritize. It's just, I'm in control of this excuse. Therefore, it's better for me to be in control of my failures than something unexpected or to throw myself fully into this thing. So it's another like kind of trick that your mind plays on you where you're going to self-sabotage by not getting rid of that excuse because then it gets real. Then you're not in control anymore. And what might happen if you're not in control? Well, that unknown, uh, our brain doesn't like the unknown. So it wants to keep you safe. So it's like, Hey, hold on to this, this excuse, hold on to this thing that we've been holding on to because it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. So that's number two. Uh, number three is something that I'm sure we all can relate to, which is imposter syndrome. Uh, we get very comfortable with labels, with roles, with identities. Like I just talked about with the smoker identity, we get very comfortable um, kind of being placed in a box. So if you've never been fit or if you've never been successful or if you've never been um, healthy, whatever word you want to throw around, having a new label or identity or even being noticed is really scary. Um, I see this all the time with coaches. Um, I have a lot of coaches in my network, people that I'm friends with, uh, colleagues of mine, and nutrition, new nutrition coaches uh, or coaches in general suffer from imposter syndrome like no other. It's, it's this idea that they're, they constantly you know, need to know more or have more experience or education or more certifications, and they constantly just seek more validation versus just getting in and doing the work and helping people. Um, it's like, if I could just like, they're, they're afraid that they won't do a good job with a certain client who has certain issues that maybe they haven't learned in a, you know, in a course or an ebook, rather than just helping in a way that they can. Uh, it's this imposter sy- syndrome. It's this idea of now all of a sudden, you might have a new label, you might have a new identity, or you might be noticed. And that's really scary to be put in here. Here's the thing. Every single human suffers from imposter syndrome. Nobody ever feels ready. Every single time you elevate to a new level, think about like if you've ever been promoted or if you've ever been, you know, in a situation that was new, you never feel ready. The way that you get ready is by actually putting in the reps. But those initial reps are very scary because we've never done it before. Those first reps of a new role or a new identity, uh, it, it can be paralyzing. So it's this imposter syndrome where if you start to become you know, more fit, if you've never been fit before and you start to get healthy and fit, all of a sudden you're being noticed and you're being placed in a new box that you've never been placed in before. You have this new label that you've never had before and it can make you uh, feel like you need to protect yourself and go back to uh, your previous way of operating. So you may you know, really go jump in with both feet but the minute that you start to make progress or gain recognition, it's, it's counter to the identity that you've been accustomed to. So you revert back to your previous ways and self-sabotage your efforts. So 
The fourth way is we often divert the blame. Anything that we can do to, to push responsibility, it's like this, this victim mindset. So the, the question that I ask is like, what would happen if every excuse you told yourself right now, every excuse that you've, you've provided yourself right now, and, and I'm not being judgmental, I'm talking about we all have them, I have them, you have them. What if all of those excuses were just taken away in a moment, like snap my fingers and none of your excuses are valid anymore? That's a really vulnerable spot to be in because you can only look internally. There's nowhere else to look. All of those external excuses are now gone. It's just you and yourself. And that is a scary place to be. So sometimes we like to push the blame to an external source because it makes us feel better that it's not us, right? If we can hold tight to those excuses, it's again, like that, that sense of control then we never have to truly face ourselves in the mirror. You know, it's like, well, of course I wasn't successful. It's because my kids are baking every day of the week and it's the damn cookies that they keep throwing in front of me. That's the problem. That's, you know, it's like this external blame and and like we're the victim of the circumstance versus the one in control. And sometimes it's a lot easier to play the victim than it is to take extreme ownership of your choices. You know, it's like, well, obviously I couldn't reach my goals. I have to work 60 hours a week. You know, never mind that there are people working 80 hours a week who are still doing it, but you know, we can we can place that blame on an external source and then we don't have to face ourselves in the mirror. Uh it, it's like it's again this this false sense of control and it's playing the role of victim versus taking extreme ownership and responsibility, which sometimes really sucks. Like it's not easy to say I'm responsible for every single choice that I make. It's not easy to say that like nobody forced me to eat 10 cookies. I made that choice. I did that. Like I have to take responsibility. That's sometimes uh, not an easy conversation to have with yourself. And it can be more convenient just to play the role of the victim. So, Number five is pretty basic. This is a survival mechanism. This is how our brains were were wired and and kind of evolved to keep us alive, which is our comfort zone. Uh, Because from an evolutionary standpoint, anything that was unpredictable could literally kill us. It It was a matter of life or death. If it wasn't known, then it was a threat. And that's the bottom line. If you think about any kind of like unknown why are we afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of certain things? It's because of the hardware that's wired in us for survival. So change, comfort zone is, is you know, scary. It's uncomfortable. Our comfort zone keeps us alive if we're, if we're talking about evolution, if we're talking about survival. So our brains want that predictability. Even if that predictability, even if that comfort is literally making us miserable, And there's a ton of research on people who enter into toxic relationships. There's a pattern that happens. A lot of times people get into toxic relationships and that becomes the norm. It becomes predictable. It becomes their comfort zone. Being treated like shit literally becomes their comfort zone. And when they realize that they're in a toxic relationship and have the courage to get out of it, 
research is pretty strong that there's a high likelihood that they will enter into a new toxic relationship, which is very unfortunate, but it's that comfort because not being in a toxic relationship is unknown. It's not predictable. It's scary. It's outside of the comfort zone. Your brain is screaming threat. So let's go back into the known. Let's go back into the comfort zone, even if that predictability is making you miserable. It's the same thing when it comes to pursuing better health, when it comes to changing habits, when it comes to behavior change. Um, It all comes from a place of predictability equals survival. So if you're changing something and you have to step into this unknown, your brain is like, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't familiar. Even something like a basic habit like drinking water. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's it's true. From, from a neurological perspective, this is true. If you have a habit of drinking soda and very little water, and all of a sudden you flip that, like in a moment's notice, you just stop drinking soda and all you drank was water, your brain would be like, wait a minute, this pattern is not predictable. Are we in danger? Right? And you have to actually calm yourself down for drinking water. Now, over time, it becomes predictable. But that initial change, that initial pattern disruption feels like a threat. So your brain doesn't know the difference between a perceived threat and a real threat. So it kind of leads you to this sabotage behavior of go back to your comfort zone. Number six is one of my favorites because I am the biggest culprit of this one, which is creating chaos. We get meaning out of being challenged and solving problems. Uh, We have to, like we, we, we die if we don't challenge ourselves, if we don't grow, if we don't evolve. Um, So we need that built in level of problem and solve and, and challenge. And, you know, this, this mechanism for growth and adaptation, a great book to read is Mark Manson. Everything is fucked. A phenomenal book. You should read his first book, which is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and then read his second book, which is Everything is Fucked. Two phenomenal books that will change the way that you view life in general. And he explains this whole thing better than I could. But he says, like, there's no such thing as a utopian society because we need problems to provide purpose. So if every problem that you in your life right now went away, we would all create new problems, every single one of us. So if we immediately just got rid of COVID, got rid of like everything that's a problem right now, you were like healthy as can be, no family problems, no work-related problems, all of that was just solved in an instant, you would still create new problems. We need it. So sometimes we literally self-sabotage ourselves just to incite chaos. And I I said, like, this is my favorite one because I do this all the time. I will literally, if I don't have like a million things on my plate and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like I only have one or two things on my plate right now. It feels weird. And I'm like, I need to just stack more things on my plate. And then I end up stressing myself out. And I'm like, man, I'm so overwhelmed right now when I did it to myself. It's like this sabotage of I don't have enough piled on right now. I need to pile on more. We will literally create problems because problems provide purpose. Challenges provide purpose. We get better when we problem solve, when we challenge ourselves and we, we learn new things. We need that to constantly thrive and adapt and grow. So sometimes we will be 
smooth sailing and literally just sabotage our results because we need more problems. And we, and this is just part of human nature. Now there is a problem that exists in, I'll say in the fitness industry, I could really extrapolate this to like society at large. Um, because if we talked about like our, uh, our healthcare system, if we talk about really everything, we have an issue when it comes to uh, trying to patch symptoms versus getting to the root of what's going on. So I'm a big believer in let's get to the root of the issue. And, you know, there, there's so many different things that we could use as an example, but most of the time we operate in a uh, symptom-based kind of vacuum. It's like, oh, well, this symptom is showing up, so let's patch it up with this thing. And then, you know, we patch it up with this Band-Aid and then another symptom shows up and it's, let's, you know, throw some shit at that symptom. And we end up in this this hamster wheel of never actually repairing ourselves, which if you want to, you know, the diet industry is, is a, you know, microcosm of that. It's literally like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm overweight, so I'm going to f- try to repair the symptom by cutting all of my calories and exercising more. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, stressed and I'm not sleeping because I cut calories and I'm over exercising. So now I'm going to try to take some, you know, you know, sleeping pills and, um, you know, whatever it may be to, to try and fix that symptom. And then that causes thyroid issues. So now I'm going to go to a specialist who, you know, gives me thyroid medication, right? Round and round it goes. When if we just got to the root of the issue, which is like, what are the habits and the behaviors that were causing that initial problem? Like maybe we could actually repair the whole thing. So anyway, I just have to mention that because when it comes to self-sabotage, it's no different. We don't want to look at each of these individual reasons, like when it comes to chaos creation or cognitive dissonance or, you know, holding on to your excuses, any of those things are simply symptoms or ways that self-sabotage is manifesting. At the root of all of it is simply a fear of failure. That's it. If we can fix that fear of failure, we can fix self-sabotage altogether. So rather than saying like, oh, I'm somebody who falls into this chaos creation mode, what do I do to stop creating chaos or stop creating new problems? If I look at the root of that issue, which is I actually have a fear of failure. So again, this can show up in different ways because think about it logically. If I pile a bunch of stuff on my plate to create more chaos, well then guess what? I have all of, I have this built in excuse as to why I'm not successful right? Well, I was trying to juggle 7 million things at once. Of course, I wasn't successful. And the reality is that if I just get to the root of it and I fix that fear of failure, which is causing both of those issues, well, then I can get rid of my self-sabotage-like behaviors. It's the same thing when it comes to nutrition, the same thing when you're you're trying to pursue better health, uh, better wellness, all of those things. If you are self-sabotaging, it's coming from a place where you are afraid of failure. And there's a number of reasons why that might be, but it's human nature. Again, if you just understand the way that our brains were wired, we are afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of putting ourselves out there and coming up short. 
We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of, you know, making progress, but then backtracking, you know, repeating history. If we've lost weight and gained it back, well, that really sucked. So now I'm afraid that that's going to happen again, right? All of these self-sabotage-like behaviors come from the root cause, which is fear of failure. So what do we do to fix the root cause? Well, first of all, we have to be aware of the behavior pattern that exists. We have to know how this is showing up in our life. Awareness is always the first step. So if I know that I'm afraid of failure, well, why am I afraid of failure? What does that look like? How is that showing up? What's the behavior pattern that is existing? So, you know, I can, I can look at this in terms of my own fitness journey, which was like other people knew that I was on this path and I didn't want to let them down. So it's like, well, if I can just create my own sabotage, like if I can mess up my own path, then I don't, I can hold on to those excuses and nobody else will follow along with my journey anymore. So I can just kind of wipe it clean and be like, you know what? I'm not doing, I'm, you know, it's fine. I'm okay with how I look. I can, I'm, I'm okay with this body, whatever it may be. I can make these excuses for myself. And now I'm not letting anybody else down. Nobody's following along. Like for me, when I was going through my initial transformation, like there was people who were noticing, which felt weird because now all of a sudden I felt like they had a vested interest in my success. So instead of feeling like I had to let them down, I just let myself down. Right. So it's like this, this fear of failure. Like I didn't want to get to the point where they were like, Oh my God, look at you. You made it. And then I got blindsided and all of a sudden I failed. So it's like, I cut it off before it could even happen. Right. So all of these different ways that, that sabotage manifests, it all comes from a fear of failure, no matter how you try to twist it. A lot of people talk about a fear of success. It's not. If you look at the psychology research, it is always coming from a place where failure is what we're afraid of, right? So the only way that we get over that is through reps. First of all, there's no way for something to become predictable and known, right? We want to trick our brain into thinking that we're safe. So the only way to do that is through reps. So we have to put in the reps over time. But the other thing that we have to do, which is the most challenging, is we have to remove our attachment to the result. Because if we remove our attachment to the result, then there isn't a failure. If you think about where fear of failure comes in, right? If you apply for a job, there's a fear of failure that you won't get the job. Or there's like a performance component to it that you're like, I have to perform well. If the job, if there wasn't this like pass-fail result-driven mindset, then there would be nothing to be afraid of. It would literally just be going through the motions of doing that thing, right? I hope this makes sense. I hope this is connecting because this is the most important piece. If you take away the result, then there's nothing to fail. But we become so attached to the result that we're afraid of not getting that result or like, quote unquote, not performing well enough, right? It's like we're, we're being held to a certain standard that we have to meet. So we, we tie our, um, we tie everything that we're doing to this external outcome and we're afraid that we're not going to reach that. And so we, we constantly go round and round. It's like we literally sabotage before we get to the outcome just so we can keep working towards that outcome. 
if we took away the outcome, that's not to say that you shouldn't have goals, but if we took away that result and we put more into the process, or how about this? If we put more into why the process even matters, like I'm going to paint a a picture that will hopefully make this abundantly clear. If I were to tell my friends, hey, I am on a journey to lose 50 pounds and get shredded and look good by the time that we go on our guys trip in you know, summer of 2022, I'm going to look amazing in a bathing suit. I'm going to be down 50 pounds. And I'm going to be shredded and we're going to have the best time on that trip and I'm going to look amazing, right? That's option A. And now all my friends are like, oh, that's great for Mike. He's going on this journey. We're going to cheer you on, right? They're supportive friends. Can't wait to see your results. Can't wait to see you kill it. You're going to crush it, right? They're all invested. Versus I say to them, you know what? I'm really going to start eating better and and maybe walking more because of how much better I feel when I eat quality foods and how much more you know mental clarity I have when I'm walking. And I just feel a million times better when I do this and my health is important to me. So I'm going to start doing these habits because it's important. It makes me feel great. Now, where's the fear of failure? I've basically taken it away because I took away the result and I tied it into the process, but I tied it into why the process even matters to me. So there's no longer this, this standard that I have to live up to. It's literally about why does this even matter to me in the first place? So I can still have a goal, but I don't need to wrap all of my attachment to that goal, right? So the goal provides a little bit of direction. The process provides meaning. The process removes that that fear of failure. The process removes the self-sabotage. So if I can understand that going in, I'm putting myself in a much more advantageous place to not sabotage because there's no longer this pass or fail. There's no longer this need to hold on to excuses. There's no longer this need to create chaos or to blame external sources. It doesn't matter because all of these things matter, are important to me internally. So I'll find a way to make it work. And we also have to understand the human nature of what really self-sabotage, what does it really entail? So if I have a cookie and I didn't plan for a cookie, that's not self-sabotage. If I have a couple of drinks because I got caught up in the moment with a bunch of friends and I decide to have some drinks, that's not self-sabotage, right? There's a part of, of the human existence that we have to acknowledge, which is that we can't be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We shouldn't even try to be perfect. There are certain things that are come up. But if I, if I put all of my kind of my eggs in the process basket, those little instances mean nothing. Oh, so I had a cookie that I didn't plan for. I had a couple of drinks because I got caught up in the moment. So what? I'm still invested in the process because of how it makes me feel. So I just gradually ease back into my way of doing things. So it, it's really this, this fear of failure. We can kind of nip it in the bud if we just look at the mindset around our goals and how attached we are to a specific result. If we unpack that fear of failure and know where it's coming from, and we understand the behavior pattern that exists around it, then we can start to isolate the issue and overcome 
and disrupt that pattern and create a new pattern. And it's not going to become familiar until it becomes familiar. So it's going to take reps and it's going to, it's not going to be an easy process. I know everybody wants like the answer. This is exactly what you have to do, but it doesn't work like that. And, and the reason why is because everybody wants change, right? Everybody wants change. Very few people want to change. Let that sink in for a second. Everybody wants change, but very few people want to change because it is hard to leave your comfort zone. It is hard to step into the unknown. It is hard to remove those excuses and be vulnerable where it's just you and yourself in the mirror and nobody else is responsible except for you and you own your choices. It's hard to do those things. It's easy to want change. It's hard to change. So that's why it becomes challenging to say, well, I keep self-sabotaging. Well, are you willing to actually do the work? Are you, are you willing to invest in the process and remove your attachment to this result? Are you willing to invest in why does this matter? Why does this process even matter for me? Um, what's my intrinsic motivation for doing this in the first place? How does, you know, it, it really get internal with it? Not a lot of people are willing to do that. So it's not easy is my point. And we have to put the reps in until it becomes familiar, until the, the habits that we've established, the behaviors that we've established become the norm. And oh, by the way, we have to have the belief and the thoughts and the identity to back it up. Otherwise, we've, we've still created that cognitive dissonance. So we still have to identify and shift our beliefs into that person that we want to become so that we can have that um, cognitive congruency within our thoughts, beliefs, and actions, which is going to make self-sabotage less likely to occur. And then the more familiar you get with that process, it's going to basically make it non-existent. So I want to know what you guys think. Does this make sense? Um, is this is this helpful? Or, or, like I know that I'm kind of getting a little bit deep on on the kind of how do we overcome it? Because again, there's no clear cut answer. But let me know if this resonates with you. Um, if it's making sense. If if you know this is something that you struggle with, and are kind of seeing you know self sabotage show up in different ways. And um, hopefully, I've provided you at least with some some tools to be able to manage it or identify it. Um, so. The other thing that I wanted to mention, because we are approaching 2021, which is pretty crazy. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will be out, but everybody watching on Facebook, obviously you have access right away, uh, but we are approaching 2021. And I do want to mention that a lot of what we do within our pop coaching program is to identify some of those behavioral patterns that exist and help to pivot and, and kind of incorporate a more productive process for each individual. Cause that's, that's the one thing that we always have to remember is everybody's unique. So there's no one way of doing things. We kind of have to look at the context of the situation and then find out what makes the most sense for you. Um, and that's a big part of it. Like kind of aligning thoughts, beliefs, and actions all together for each person um, is a big part of the process because it makes it stick. And I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit scary. The number one, number one or number two predictor 
of weight gain over the next one to two years is whether or not you embark on a calorie restrictive diet. So again, this is something that needs to sink in for a second. The top one or two predictors for whether you will gain weight over the next one to two years is whether or not you embark on a calorie restricted diet. Meaning if you keep going down the path of restrict, 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 diet, 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 30 day challenge, six week challenge, quick fix, quick fix. The, that is highly correlated with weight gain. Number one or number two predictor of weight gain over the next one to two years. So I cannot encourage you enough to step outside of that way of doing things and really consider what I'm talking about from a process standpoint. I understand that we all want results. And again, results are fine. Goals are fine. We all want to have them. They provide direction. But we also have to look at what works, the principles that have stood the test of time that help no matter what. And that's really where we want to invest most of our time and energy on really building the foundation of success that does look different for each individual. But the bottom line is, if we keep going down the same path, the same trap of restrict, 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 we end up in a worse place than when we started. So um, I do want to mention that for our pop coaching, the rates are going up effective January 1st. We do have openings and we are accepting shorter term commitments. Um, so I highly recommend just schedule a call. Um, all you have to do is, is comment and say, please schedule me and we'll get something set up and you'll be able to get locked in at our current rates. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, simply just shoot me a DM and let me know that you heard this episode uh, because I want to honor this. You know, I, Our rates are going up January 1st. If you DM me and you let me know that you listened to this episode, I will still honor the current rates before they go up, but just comment, please schedule me and we'll get set up on a call and we can get you off of that cycle of constant restriction and start establishing the foundation that will help you be successful for life. And that's really the, the biggest gift that we can give, honestly, is that lifelong solution to get you off of the diet hamster wheel, to get you out of the mindset of constant restriction, to get you out of the path of self-sabotage and to something that you know, gives you that freedom to get the most out of your life, to enjoy your life, to thrive, um, to flourish, all the things that we want. So just comment if you want to schedule a call. If nothing else, I can assure you that you will be pointed in the right direction. Even if we can't be the solution for you, I will absolutely point you in the right direction. So I did want to mention that before we jump off. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Let me know if you have any questions and I will talk to you guys very soon.